have our special guest here, Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah. Now, why do I have so much trouble with your name? Because there's the mouth has to do with a few things. Yes. Kristen. Chenoweth. Chenoweth. I it's, think the instinct is like Chenoweth too. Oh, uh, really? Right? I think and Chenowitz, I've heard. Chenowitz? Yeah, but you you coined the best one, Chenowork. You better Chenowork girl. Yes. Are you from Norman, Oklahoma? My parents live in Norman. Oh, they live in Norman. Yes, I'm from a town called Broken Arrow, but they've retired in Norman, which is OU territory. So uh-huh. I can't believe that you know Norman. Broken Arrow, how poetic is that? <laughs> you can't write it. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> Broken you. Arrow. Now, are you an only child? I feel like one, though I do have an older brother, and we were close, and we are, but he's five years older than me, so yeah. he feels more like a parent. Uh-huh. He lives in Colorado, and... Um, chemical engineer i was adopted so i'm kind of like the only one in my family that's like me yeah but they love we're sure. they love me but yes so is your brother biological he's biological oh interesting and my mom had to um have a full-on hysterectomy when she was 24 oh, 24 dear. years old yeah. and so back then you imagine not knowing about hormones and all that stuff so she's been through it but sure she's a strong one yeah. And at what point in your life did they realize, oh, my God, this kid's got some talent? According to them, I had a record player but way back when, and I was playing the Wizard of Oz record, uh-huh. and I was singing with Judy Garland, and they were in the living room. Both of my parents are, my dad's owned a company and chemical engineer based and all that, and they looked at each other and they said, is it us, or does she sound real good? Uh-huh. And they didn't know how to help me because yeah. I'm... They're not musicians, yeah. nor should they ever sing, by the way. Uh-huh. Never. Uh-huh. <laughs> keep that song way down deep. But they they um, mentored me and helped me get piano lessons and ballet, so I'm thankful for How that. How amazing that years later you'd be, become so synonymous with the show Wicked. I can't believe Can you believe that? I can. Written, that's it was a full written. circle moment right yes, there. Yes, it is. You're right. Thank you for bringing that. Uh, Oz has been a theme in my life. Yeah. And not to get weird, but, you know, we go on tours, we do and perform, and Australia was one of my favorite places to. I did a five city tour there, and probably one of my most favorite places in the world was the Sydney Opera House. So I thought, how funny that I'm at Oz, and then that was the first uh-huh. time it hit me. Uh-huh. And now uh-huh. you're saying it. It's just, yeah. you know, full circle. Well, you know, if, I think if you have clarity in your life and you're open, your channels are open, those kinds of things become so apparent. And you have to pay attention to those things. You know, if you have a spiritual practice, it, it absolutely helps open those channels. Do you have a spiritual practice? Oh. First of all, everything you're saying, amen. That's how I feel. I want to say this too. When I was having great kind of bigger moments in my career, and I still have them along Mm -hmm. the way, but I'm now going, thank you. My spiritual practice is the Lord, God. But I also am a believer that many people have many things that work for them. Mine is God. Mm -hmm. So in the moments now that are happening, I'm able to go, I don't know if it's from just getting injured one time and waking up or what, but I'm going, this is a moment, Kristen. Like this experience here. I've wanted to come to do this show for a long time and now I'm having the moment. I'm having the experience. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to live in those moments. Whereas before in the past, I'd be like, what's next? What's next? And now I'm just pausing. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, that's so brilliant. I'm sure you've met Dolly Parton, but I, I, I don't know who is, who you're, who's helping you guide your career, but you have to tell them immediately that right now is the time for you to play, n- not the whole Dolly Parton story, but a very specific point in Dolly's life that 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 it's a, a touchstone in her life, and it probably it would probably be the moment where she had she in her book she talks about having women's problems, mm-hmm. and that's when she became very thin. 
Yes. And I think maybe there. I think that's such a great suggestion. Because <coughs> you, you, do, do you know that my obsession, I have had an obsession with her. I've, she has been very kind to me. I wrote a song about her, What Would Dolly Do, WWWD. And she, <laughs> she <laughs> I thought you might like that. Mm. But she has been a mentor to me and also one that tends to lead with her truth and is an entertainer in our business, a woman who owns her own stuff. I don't mean to talk that way, but she's never sold anything of hers. Right. It's no. hers, yeah. which is why Whitney Houston, who we love having that big barn burner with I Will Always Love You, but whose was it really? Yeah. Originally. Yeah. So to your point, my dream role, and she has said in the past, uh, David Letterman and at different shows, that she would she could, would and could see me playing her. And right. I would love what you suggest because now at this point, I would love to investigate a certain, it has to be a certain part of her yeah. life, right? She's had such a, a huge career. A big life. It would be, you know, just to pinpoint a specific time because I think there was a lot of turmoil at that point yes. uh, in her life. And, and she had, and she made some real changes. Mm-hmm. And that would be the time to do it. You're right. You're right because we all view Dolly as having a perfect life and nothing's ever wrong, right? Mm, right. But there's, I don't care who you are, you have that. Absolutely. I've seen her, I've seen her in concert so many times. I swear, if, if, she, if I had a red solo cup, I always say about her, and it was full of poison, she has me believe in anything. If she said, y'all drink that poison, uh-huh. I drink it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't yes, you? Yes. She has that power. She really does. Yeah. She really does. Now, so, you know, you've been in, in the game for a long time. You've been famous for a long time. What things have you not done that you'd really love to do? Oh, my gosh. What a great question. Because you're an actress. You're a singer. Shadow you know, sitcom. Sitcom. It's, yeah. it's, you've done it all. And you, and you still have so much more to do. I guess I sort of look at um, people in our business that I admire and what they've done. And one of the things I'd like to move into, and I'm, I'm here and I'm watching you also, RuPaul, produce the show. People think that things just happen, right? right but right. just overnight happen. Overnight happened. I've been producing my own concerts for a while. Yeah. But now I'd like to be a producer in a little bit bigger way. Sure. Sort of what you're doing. So I'm moving into an interesting time and considering those things, which are in front of me now. And I want to continue to be a mentor. I just, I want to move in that direction, though I'll never, I'll die on stage. Uh-huh. So, but you amen, hear what I'm saying, amen. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I'll produce. So, so you, so how long were you in Broken Arrow? How long did you stay there before you moved to New York? I'm assuming. I went. I stayed there till college, and my dad said, "I don't care where you go, go, but I really want you to get a college education." And he said, "We'll even go to New York and audition for Juilliard." But I went to Oklahoma City University because I found the teacher there. Mm-hmm. Her name, her name is Florence Birdwell. She reminds me of a Barbara Cook type. Mm-hmm. We were just oh, talking about her, Michelle. God bless her. Yeah. yeah, I just miss her so much. But anyway, I went to OCU, and then I moved. I was to go to. Um, opera school in Philadelphia upon um, graduate school in in opera and mm-hmm. I went to New York with my best friend Denny who's my best friend to this day and we went to an audition for fun and I got a part Wow! and I had a decision to make and I prayed about it mm-hmm. I did and mm-hmm. I didn't have an agent and I they called my dad because I left that number <laughs> in the opera was this for an opera no this was, was for, for? Um, a show called Animal Crackers the oh, Marx Brothers yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. and um, that was one with Marilyn Monroe in the movie wasn't it was she in the movie I think, I so. think she oh, was yeah. in the movie and that yeah. would be the part I did of course I was real young and I tapped and sang my, my butt off but um, talk about sing for your life yeah, yeah. Sing for, that's what I did but uh-huh. that's that's kind of how it changed for me and 
I still continue to train and do operatic roles and songs, but it's been good for me. Yeah. So you got this part in New York. So you left the Philly school and you moved to New York. How'd you, was, who was there to say, okay, we're going to get you apartment here. Stay away from those people. Come over here. Do that. Yeah. Do this. The people that I was in the show with, because I didn't even get to go to Philly because I went from Oklahoma. Oh. I didn't even make it. Oh, okay. I just went. From Oklahoma, didn't go to Philadelphia because I got this part and I had yeah. a decision to make. And they only take six people a year at that school. And yeah. Beverly Sills would have been one of the, my mentors. Wow. So I was really turning down something yeah. kind of big in my life. But I looked at it as not turning down. Sure. I went to New York. Um, the people in the show of Animal Crackers would say, don't take the subway past this hour. Don't get... Don't get off here. Because you were just a little country girl. Oh, I mm-hmm. thought everybody was. I was like saying hi down the street in New York. Hi. Hi, y'all. And people are like, fuck you. Excuse me. And I just was like, I'll have that potato niche. And it's a knish. You know, I just learned so many things. You're so cute. But I didn't know. Yeah. And they taught me. The people in the show. And that's why. P.S. Show folk are the best. Yeah. And we are family. And there's dysfunction in all of them. Sure. As we know. But they're family. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to be crude here, but what, what year was this about? Oh, not crude. <laughs> last year. It was, it was yes. last year. <laughs> Hello. I've done so much in my year. No, it was 19. Oh, I graduated and got my master's degree and I believe it's 93. You got a master's. In opera. Really? What a does master's one do degree? with a master's in opera? They then either go to school in, in Philadelphia at the Academy of Vocal Arts or they move to Europe. And they learn mm. all the languages, meaning German, Italian, French. And they just do that. And they wait. And they get ready. And then they hit their peak about 32, 35. And then they last for, I'm just speaking truthfully. Yeah, okay. And then about 50, 51, especially sopranos, yeah. have to start looking at, unless you're Renee Fleming and your voice just never wears out and it's right. always amazing. Right. Do you make, and this is rude and crude, but no, do you make a good it. living in the opera? Oh, you can, well, certainly if you're a star. Right, mm-hmm. if you're Or if you're diva. a Met player or a New York City opera player or a Denver opera, you know, all of these fantastic opera companies. So like a ballerina we, getting in with a company. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a star, then of course your price goes up. Okay. Right, right. Just like business. So around 93 was Animal Crackers. Yeah. And then um, then how many years until Wicked came along? Gosh. But you won a Tony before Wicked. You I won did. a Tony for the apple tree, did you Charlie win? Brown. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Which I can't believe. And when you know you've made it is when you go back to, to Oklahoma City to talk to your college and you go to the gay bar angles and someone is doing Sally Brown. Oh. You as Sally Brown. Then you go, well, I have, yes. at least I've made it statewide. Yes. <laughs> but yes. Um, the, I think the first big thing was, um, well, it's hard. It depends on how what you look as big. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, Charlie Brown was 99 and then Wicked was 2000. Three and then uh-huh. just continue. But my first off Broadway thing was the Fantastics at the original <gasps> Sullivan Street Theater, which was much bug more, infested. Much more. <laughs> I love you, Michelle. I love you, too. <laughs> well, you know we're new best friends. Yes, you know? I do. I'm not to steal do. anybody's best friend. No, no, no. Ah, <laughs> no, we will share. Trust me. There's unlimited love in the universe. <laughs> That's so right. That's right. That's right. And that See, ran forever. The, uh, yeah, the yes, fantastic. Yeah. So it was a bug-infested theater down at Sullivan. Is that what you yes, said? Yes. And yeah. I was constantly sick, and I couldn't figure out why. Well, it was a filthy mess, but it yeah. had been running what forty-five years. Yeah. Jerry Orbach, the original El wow. Gallo. Wow. And there I was, the girl. I think for three months until somebody had an audition and did a show called Little Me uh-huh. with Charles Bush. Yes. 
Yeah. I, I can't believe. See, this is just memory lane for me. And yeah. then no brain. And then. And Little Me is the Dennis Patrick. Ben, yeah. Dennis. Is it Patrick? That's Dennis it. Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. Which who, who wrote Mame. And Little Me was his, uh, I think, follow up. It's a really cute show, too, Little Me. You it know. is. It's not one celebrated enough, I don't Mm-mm. think. There's a lot of those. Rue and I actually, we, we've talked about that. How I know Encores does it for a short run and brings. There should be a theater just dedicated to the shows that nobody does. I think Roundabout is yes, kind roundabout. of moving into yeah. that. Yes. I did on the 20th Century and Apple Tree for them. But I agree with you because it's dying and we want these young people. Yeah. I'll have I'll sing something in my concert from Little Me or or even Cabaret. Mm-hmm. I did on Glee or whatever and people go, Whoa, did they write that for you? And I just after I have a heart attack, yeah. pick my because, teeth up. Yeah. yeah. They only I'm, know Cabaret. They don't know mine hair. They don't know no. the the, mo- the most important moments in the show. They don't know. They right. don't, it doesn't it doesn't compute. But I'm looking at it as I'm gonna tell them. Well yes. no, that's that is your role. You know, people mentored you and curated for you, and that's your role as an that's artist right. to help these young people. You know, they have the smartphones and everything, but it's up to people they trust to be able to tell them, okay, go there there, turn left there yeah. and look at this over here. They ain't gonna that's Google themselves. Doing. That's yeah. what I'm doing now. Yeah. Took me a while to get there just because I didn't feel, well, I'm not, I shouldn't do that yet. Right. No, as we go along in this journey, we should be telling our friends, even people older than us, listen what I learned. Deborah Monk is one of my best friends. Wow. You know, I say to her, you know what I think? And I'll tell her about her and she'll tell me. It's just a very cool place to be at in life. Deborah Monk is a great actress. She's she's done so many great we roles. We were just talking about Steel Pier, weren't we? I told Michelle that she needed to learn Everybody's Girl from Steel Pier, yeah. Canner Nip, which I was there when Canner Nip were writing the score. Really? Yeah, because I played Precious and All About Eve and the operetta part and that's they wrote it with her and they wrote for me and I, you know, one of these it's one of those moments in your career I was having a Broadway my Broadway debut in a musical, Canner Neb right in front of me, and balconies are empty. And it just, I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's all part of the learning. Right. Now, we're talking about Deborah Monk, the actress, yes. the, the actress yes. who plays the mother in um, uh, Damages, and yes. she does all those. So she's also a singer. See, you, you're educating me. Oh, my gosh. You have yes. to get Steel I, Pier and Liz Nursing. Steel Pier's a great She's movie. won a Tony that. for writing a show. What? Yes. I know her as the great character actress on in movies and on television. She's incredible. Great Broadway actress. Too. She's incredible. I had Singer. no idea. Oh, Deborah Monk. I'm embarrassed that I can't recall the name of the show that she wrote for a, the Tony all those years ago. But this is a this is a real singer. Yeah. You'd love Everybody's yeah. Girl, too. Oh, you are everybody's girl. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. And so are, <laughs> you are you. By the way, both of you are. That means we're both whores. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. In the nicest <laughs> way. Yes, That's what it. I thought. Now, um, we're going to go to break real quick. But before we go to break, I want you to talk about your latest album, which is just magnificent. Tell everybody the name of it. It's The Art of Elegance, and it is a standards record. You know, it's my sixth album, and I've wanted to make this album right away. Um, I cut my teeth on that music, mm-hmm. and now I'm getting to finally do it after I've given every, what everybody wants along the way. And sure. But a lot of that is me, too. Yeah, but absolutely. Now, of course, this is Hoagy Carmichael and Mercer and Gershwin and Cole Porter, some of the greats, and some not-so-well-known greats, but I'm so proud of it. And it just recently outsold Tony Bennett's album. But that, wow. that wow. But by the way, that sounds like a si- sniper from the side comment. Tony Bennett doesn't have nothing to prove. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm just saying that was a Tuesday for him. Uh-huh. Right, that kind of album. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and who produced the album? Um, it, my label is Concord, and my producer is Steve Tyrell, the great Steve Tyrell. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, he's my guy. 
Wow. And he did all the arrangements? Uh, well, Alan Broadbent, a New Zealand um, arranger and orchestrator, did a lot of them. And actually, I'm a Fool to Want You was nominated for a Grammy because of Alan Broadbent. Wow. Because of Alan Broadbent's work, his orchestration, which is a song I fought for, that Frank Sinatra wrote about his breakup with Ava Gardner. Mm. He sang it, he wrote it and sang it, performed it once and never did it again. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, I went, that's my song. Yeah. And that's how it came on the album. Now, I, I'm sure it was really difficult choosing the songs that you wanted to put on the album. Did you record any that didn't make it onto the final product? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I first came to the the meeting with 150 songs, and oh they said, goodness. you're going to have to cut it down, and <laughs> I came back girl. with 15. You came back with 15. 15, and they were like, no. Um, you know what's funny is I, I'm embarrassed that I can't recall, because I've been doing so many of the ones that are on there that I can't recall which ones. Yeah. My new favorite, though, one that I didn't see coming, that I love, and I love to do it live, is I Get Along Without You Very Well. Oh, I love that. I didn't yeah. know that song. Oh. I'm embarrassed to say. Oh. Do you learn songs easily? If they speak to me. Mm. It's interesting. If they speak to me, it feels like, pfft. If they don't, if there's a hiccup, I have trouble learning it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go to break. We've got Kristen Chenoweth with, with us, and I cannot wait to talk about more. We'll be right back. Michelle loves those Bolin Branch sheets because they are fabulous. Do you know that three U.S. presidents sleep on Bolin Branch sheets? I, I'm not even going to ask which ones, but I know it's the ones that we it's like. It's the good ones. Okay. <laughs> I'll buy that. Listen, we're never going to agree on everything, but I think we could agree that we can all use more sleep. Yes. And getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. You don't need a new expensive mattress or sleeping pills. You could just change your sheets. That's why you should check out Bolin Branch. Everything they make, and guys, this is so important to me, from bedding to blankets, everything is made from 100% pure organic cotton, which means they start out super soft and they get softer over time. Yeah. In fact, they're so inexpensive, you should get several sets of sheets. Treat yourself to a great night's sleep on the best sheets money can buy. To get started right now, our listeners can get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com, promo code RUE. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. That's bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, promo code RU. Blue Apron is the new way to eat food. It is fresh. It is fabulous. I know, Michelle, you cook. I, it's amazing to me that you, you, you've you turned into a gourmet chef with Blue Apron. I mean, I'm a mother. Uh-huh. My kids will come down every night and go, what's for dinner? <laughs> and I go, Reservations. <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually say Blue Apron. And here's the best part about Blue Apron. I have the app, but you can also look on the computer, you know, on the website. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, my kids, I li- Lola especially, Lily will eat kind of anything. Mm. She'll come down and she'll pick out what to put in the box oh. for the week. So um, this week, we've got the three cheese pizza with creamy tomato sauce and romaine salad. And the other choice was the Baja-style tilapia tacos with orange and cheesy sweet potatoes. Oh, yum. Yeah, so they get to choose whatever they want, and that's what's so fantastic about them because it's the kids speaking up. Now, listen, you guys. A lot of people go, oh, but I'm not a cook. You don't have to know how to cook with Blue Apron. They deliver the box. Everything's in in it. All you need is some oil, salt and pepper, a pan, and they tell you what to do step by step. By the way, with a giant picture card. Okay, so it's so easy for you to do. And Blue Apron is teaming up with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes. Their menu is going to feature uh, two Whole30 approved recipes every week, like Mexican spice barramundi with avocado, kale and sweet potato salad. So if you guys are doing the Whole30 plan, 
Blue Apron is the way for you to go. They're flexible. You can customize your recipes. Like I said, it's the best way to do it. Get $30 off your first meal. Become a chef like me. Free shipping. <laughs> go to blueapron.com slash rue. That's blueapron.com slash ru. Blue Apron saved my life. It's a better way to cook. We are back with Kristen Chenoweth. Oh my goodness, Broadway royalty. You know, Michelle knows this. Our listeners know this. I came out about a year ago as a theater queen. I never wanted to admit it. I see all the shows. See them we all. know. And the thing is this, uh, and uh, our listeners know this, there's a preciousness to the Broadway community mm-hmm. and just theater people in general. And I've always been part of the, you know, um, did, did was there any part in your sort of uh, orientation in coming to New York where you thought, oh my God, these people, how am I ever going to fit in with them because they feel there's a preciousness surrounding it. That's such a good word for it. And sometimes we can, this might not be the best phrase, shoot ourselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we we shouldn't even do that with each other. Mm -hmm. But there's a preciousness that can go good and preciousness that can go bad. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And we're guilty of both. I think, um, you know, I did wonder if I would fit in. I'm 4'11". I sound like Betty Boop. I didn't Aww. think I could. But then when I opened my mouth to sing, I felt accepted. Yeah. But that was kind of a theme in my life, too. People don't always take you seriously. To be honest with you, I'm not crying, oh, poor me. I'm just saying when you're little and petite and mm-hmm. you sound like this mm-hmm. and you're from the South, mm-hmm. people go, oh, dumb or, oh, you know, sure, whatever. Sure. It was always the voice. And when I... Actually, when I got to Broadway, I thought, I'm amongst my people. But even there, mm-hmm. I had to prove it. Yeah. But once you get the proof, honestly, I think we all t- even the people that we don't necessarily love to death, we mm-hmm. take bullets for. Yeah. You know what's funny is that uh, as we're talking, I'm thinking that your next Broadway role yes. is uh, Tammy Faye Baker, the Broadway musical. I'm so glad you brought it up because I wanted to t- talk to you about it anyway. It is uh, something I'm developing Mm -hmm. and you know i know that you knew her very well and i know that you narrated her the documentary the eyes of tammy faye and i want to honor her because i think she was the first of of many of a very special type of woman yeah and it's easy to make fun of her Mm -hmm. but like dolly says no one's laughing um because i'm laughing first right and tammy faye understood who she was, and yeah. and she loved everybody, she and I want did. to pay homage to her. Now's the, the time. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Perfect. So brilliant. Actually, I get choked up when I think about her because she is really an ascended master. You know, she's like a Pollyanna who people think of Pollyanna as someone who's blind to the truth of what's happening. Um, the truth is, she's very aware of the darkness, mm. but she chooses to see the light. In fact, I, I right. tell this story. She came to me in a dream uh, a couple of years ago and she said, Rue, focus on people. I get choked up when I say Oh, please talk about it. She said, Rue, focus on people's innocence, not their guilt. And I have never forgotten that. And that's who she was. That's who she was. But that's true. That's- For her to come to you in a dream to say mm-hmm. that, that's going to stick with you. Yeah. But don't you think, honestly, your message and the message of even the show is... You know, even when you say sashay away, like Tammy Faye would have loved the positivity. Mm-hmm. She did make a choice. And even those that loved her, that she thought mistakenly sure. loved her the most, took her down. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, I sat and watched my grandma give a lot of money. And I, my dad would walk through the living room floor and, living room and say, Mom, why are you giving all your money? And she would say, 
I just don't know. I just believe her. Mm. And I believed her too. And I believe yeah. her to this day when people yeah. say, but wasn't she a swindler? No, I don't. I can't speak to Jim. I right. can only talk about the heart that I think I know of Tammy Faye. Yeah. And to see you talk about her, I just... I just feel like it's my duty almost. It's weird. Yeah. No, no. But trust that. Follow that. That is your instinct. That, that is, you're absolutely Thank right. You. You're perfect for the role. But uh, she, man, oh my goodness. You know, there's a there's footage of her on her last appearance on, um, Larry, King. on Larry King. And I think of that all the time because it is so beautiful. Mm. She had it to the very end. She died the next day, I believe. Did she? So. Are you kidding yes. me? Yes. And Larry King asked her, Rue knows this, he said, where do you think you're going to go? Tammy, you still believe you're going to go home? And she goes, Larry, I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah. I will see you there. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I thought, that's the message. That's who she was. And she was a tiny little frail yeah. thing dying. Yes, she was. In front of our eyes. Yep, yep. Oh, she, gosh. She I, fought it all the way to the end, though. She, she did. sure did. And yeah. I'm so happy to hear you. We how, call her. It means how are you developing this? How do you develop a story like that? What do you have writers that you work or with? Producers. Or? What do you do? Well, I have a producer named Mark Platt who produced um, Wicked, and this will excite you. This is the father of Ben and Jonah. Yes, okay. who I saw Ben grow up. Oh, you're the father, really? Ben yes. Platt from uh, yes. Tony Winning. I saw him. Yes, I saw him do Charlie Brown when he was eight. No. And I thought that kid's special. Skip to. The other night when yeah. he went to Tony. Yeah. And there's Mark so and Julie in the thing. And I'm watching the dad watch his son. And I was in the middle. And I just couldn't be more proud, yeah. probably. But he's I've come to him to pr- help me produce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Henry Krieger, who wrote Dreamgirls and Sideshow, mm-hmm. he's done the music. Oh, and my he, goodness. He came to me first. It was his idea. Oh, my goodness. So we're further along than we know. Yeah. This is so exciting. It really, really, <gasps> really Thank you for is. reaffirming it. Yes. Oh. Nobody, no, nobody no, else right. could do it. No this one else could you. do it. It yeah. is so right. Yeah. This is you, Casey. It is so right. Thank you. And I don't, wait, now, how, how, what's the timeline for this? Do you know, do you, is it looking for backers? We're is that very excited. Works? What we're looking yeah. for, we, I think what we need right now, you know, I'm very much about the book. Because mm-hmm. we can sing all day and there's sure. a thousand people who can sing beautifully, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's no real, I want the story to be right mm-hmm. and I want to really do her justice. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of humor in Tammy Faye. Yes, yes. So I'm wanting to make sure that that is there so that the moments of her saying, stripping down and saying, mm-hmm. can you hear me? I know, you, I know you're there, God, but, yeah. but I just need to hear you. Mm. That's the moment. That's the payoff. Right. And I've got to earn it. So right now, we are getting an, a new book writer and working on the, sure. the script. And it might be a moment in time. It mm-hmm. might be from heaven. It might be mm-hmm. part both um, without giving away too much. But yeah. the music, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, she was an amazing... Yes! How, how about all of her albums? Absolutely. Yep. And Absolutely. did live for many hours at a time. Yeah. I mean, this was a major... How about when she goes back? I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to turn. <laughs> when she goes back in time and go back to get on TV again. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the network and it doesn't matter because he was kind to meet her. Mm-hmm. But she said, well, I have these ideas. I really talked to the kids and I thought, well, that's a really good idea. It was a little too soon right then. Mm-hmm. She did it. But 
She's so ahead. She was very ahead of her time. She was a force. Yes, she, absolutely. Yeah. And just yeah. lovely. And I, you know, I just, I respond to kindness and I respond to people who have the ability to be kind in the face of such adversity. I mean, she really had her world turned upside down in a way that um, most people never have to experience. And then she turned it into something that could work for her. I know. You know? Remember she when totally she changed. She taught, and I hope people watched her as an example and remember when she had the first ever per- man with aids on her talk right, show right. Uh-huh. Yes. which was not cool then right you didn't even touch mm-hmm. anyone that had mm-hmm. aids and she said we as christians should all be not just not just accepting but embracing and mm-hmm. she was crying and i thought that's a true whether you're a christian or not mm-hmm. that's a true epitome of what christians are supposed to be yes right? and i that's the thing i want to also say People like Dolly, people like Tammy Faye have also, being a Christian person, and I've had, not I've not always been perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of lists I can tell you oh, where I on, lost yeah. my temper there, I sure. went bananas there. Yeah. But basically, I've led with, I've had this, I've had great parents, but I've also tried to lead with kindness, even when I was faced with some people or somebody that I didn't understand why they were mean, but then I always go back to Tammy Faye and Dolly and... Tammy Faye said, you know, God doesn't make junk. Mm -hmm. And I thought, he doesn't really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's what we do with our lives. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. could make ourselves junk. Right. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I got it. I got it 100%. That's absolutely beautiful. Now, a lot of young people listen to our show, and they want to know what they should do if they have the urge or if they think they're talented. You know, you go to New York. What do you do first? Mm -hmm. What does one, what do you tell young people? This is what I tell them. It's really very easy from my view. Train, train, train. When you feel ready, go for it. But if you think you can do anything else in this life and be happy, then you should go do that thing. Mm -hmm. Because this business is not for the faint of heart, right? Right. No. It's not. Mm -mm. But if you can't see yourself doing anything else and being happy, Mm -hmm. go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. The training's important. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's part of the dues paying. Yeah. Right. It's part of the dues paying. Also, it prepares you for any number of things that come up. You know, you might have an idea that, oh, I want to be on Broadway. But if an opportunity comes up where you're, say, a QVC host Mm. or if you are, uh, you know, uh, on television or you're doing something, you have to be prepared to do a lot of different things. Pretty much anything. Yeah. And be willing to step outside your box. You talk about it on your show. Mm -hmm. So do you. Mm -hmm. Fashion, even in fashion and how you're viewed. Sure. I never would have thought I would be on TV or in a movie. Yeah. Remember, I just was like, I'm going to be an, a singer. Yeah. So, just goes to show you. Yeah. I yeah. want to talk about GCB really quickly. Okay. <laughs> I know it only lasted one season. I'm devastated still. Kristen. I know, right? It, did you, did you? Yes, just, I saw, I, It yes. literally was the most fun Thank camp you. Twisted show. Good Christian bitches. <laughs> yes, right, which right. was changed to Good Christian Bells. Which I oh. thought was our first mistake. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh-huh. Bobby Harling um, wrote it. So that says everything. It yeah. was just so Wasn't good. It, uh, thank you for saying that. No, I'm it's so, so proud true. of GCB. Oh my God, it was so good. It was devastating when it, it ended. Do you think that the title had a lot to do with that? Because the scandal already happened before it came out. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Changing the title. I was like yeah. so pissed off. Yeah. That they changed the title. I'll right. tell you, I was in Nashville recording a country album at the time when I found out the title. I read it and I know when to do it. I yeah. said, you got to change the title though. Yeah. Because you can't have Christian and bitch in the same. You can't. Then they went to the nondescript GCB. Yeah. And I thought that was 
not the best decision. I'm just being honest uh-huh. in this podcast. Um, no one, no one. I, th- I said we can. Why couldn't you have Christian and Bitch in the same? Because you knew it would piss off a bunch of people. I didn't want to alienate a certain mm-hmm. audience that also accepted Desperate Housewives that were also Christians. So you mm-hmm. can have Desperate Housewives, which I loved, but mm-hmm. everybody's sleeping with everybody's husband and does every, every sure. everything else. But if you base it. But was and it bad say, that I wanted to see it because before, before I even knew who was in it, I read that it was called Good Good Christian Bitches, and I wanted to see it because yeah, of that. No, right, of right. course, but yeah. it should have been. Then it should have been said the title, kept that title, and of course now we'd go to Netflix, right? Right, exactly. But, but it was ABC, and I'm Reunion. thankful to ABC. But yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But you know, I think a title can affect you. I'm just being sure. honest. Where, where was the town that y'all used to go? Suarez? What was it? Suarez, Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> you know, leave it to, my favorite line I got to say all the time because I mean I had Dior and boobs and yeah. big hair and every, I was, it was a dream. Every night I'd go to bed I was like, tomorrow's Prada. I mean it was all about what I could wear. But I said um, as Carly Cockburn, my favorite line was, um, cleavage helps your cross hang straight. Yeah. And I just, I think that's a good ending. <laughs> yeah. And I, I still it. I still stand by that, by the way. <laughs> and if anybody can find it, even though it's one season, watch it. It's so worth it's it. It's so Thank worth you. it. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Now, I know you're good friends with Carol Burnett. What's it like meeting these people that you've idolized all these what what was the first when was the first time you met Carol Burnett? She came to see a sh- concert of mine at the Hollywood Bowl many years ago and she came I heard Carol Burnett's here and I thought, Oh no, oh no, oh no, prepare, prepare. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but I know that when I opened up the door, there was Carol. And how do you trip on yourself? Yeah. I can't remember what caused it, but I fell. <gasps> and I think like it's, physically? Yes. And I think it's, I was walking, you know, and, and uh-huh. I think my, actually, I think my heel got caught in my hem. And I said, this isn't how I wanted this to go. Oh and she said, it couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> I was with her two nights ago. She knows I'm coming on the show. Uh-huh. And she obviously said, well. I should do that show. What? I wish she would. <gasps> I wish she would. Well, now, did you, did you, was that, was your home one that uh, played the Carol Burnett show in the house? My father was obsessed. Yeah. And so I grew up watching, you know, what is now, what used to be TV land. Now it's all original, a lot of original, sure. but, but it was, yeah. I Love Lucy and Carol Burnett. And I think she was a big influence on me comedically, but mm-hmm. also let's not forget, she was a, a Broadway great singer. Performer. Yeah, and a Broadway performer, yes. exactly. And her best friends have been people I've admired too Beverly look who was on her show Seals and, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. and Julie Julie Andrews biggest chum you know yeah, yeah. and Amazing. that's another queen oh mine. yes oh, The Hills oh, Are Alive oh my goodness Once Upon a Mattress is one of the oh, best yes. I know hey Nani Nani yeah. hey Nani Nani is it you see yes. we, all we do is sing man yeah. Michelle so but when you're with an <laughs> idol like that how do you then become like relaxed and yourself how do you then sort of uh, you know sort of settle into the real you and start acting like, stop acting like a weirdo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Xanax. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, um, but you know what I had to do with both her and Julie, because they're both mentors of mine, is I had to calm down. It took me about three or four times of being with them mm-hmm. for me to start being not nervous. Mm. Yeah. And so they, and by the way, Julie's always like, I said, the hills are alive. I mean, I just, every time I saw her you for can't long, help it. Yeah. can't help it. And yeah. she, she was like, not just that. There's so much more. And uh, yeah, once yeah. I go, oh, you're, she's right. And then, uh-huh. then it becomes a real friendship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. But she's right. There's so much more. Oh. So much so more. Much. Oh, my God. I mean, Victor yeah. Victoria. I mean, it goes oh on and on. Oh, my goodness. It goes on How and about on. about her? Oh, wow. It's just great. You know, I, and you're a great uh, example of someone who is you know, projecting a... a, a, a 
what you want to happen in your life and making it happen. Talk about being a good witch, you know? <laughs> and Talk so about, nice. Like, you're not a dick you. at all. There's I, nothing douchey about you. Like, you, you're always sweet. Thank you. Welcome. Um, I mean, I have my moments, but for sure, again, leading with kindness and also looking at things from a different way and going, oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect, but life's too short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, just do you. Yeah. Be, be kind. Yes, yes. If you can. Yeah. I have to have, I've had to have calm moments with both of you, just like we were talking about with Julie and Carol. Because remember, as a fan of the show and just who your history and your DNA, who you are, I've had to, and what you've given the world too, I've had to just stop and say, be cool, Kristen, be cool. So thank you for allowing me to just talk amongst you and be here. It's, I'm just so glad it finally got to happen. Michelle, you know, I, I started shaving my head probably when I was about 28, something like that. That young? That young. I, I knew I was good. I knew I was losing my hair. Is so that I, what started it? Yeah. I was. Yeah. My father was also bald. And I thought, well, you know, when I don't have it, I'm going to start shaving it. So but I you use didn't a lot of razors. shave it. You shaved it. Yeah, I shave, shave, shave it. And I, you know, I shave my legs. I shave, uh, I, I always use a razor. Always do. And that's why Harry's is the new kid on the block. Now, do you shave it every Every day? Yes. Every every shower I take, I shave my face and my head. Oh, my God. Well, wait, wait a minute. Your face? I thought you got the other I stuff. I do. But you know what? I The electrolysis on my face, but yeah. then my goatee, I kept that. Right. So, and of course, the goatee is all white, oh, by the so way. So sexy, though. Yeah. <laughs> so sexy. Not in a Colonel Sanders way. But in a do- Billy Goat kind of a way. <laughs> No, I shave it off, honey. I shave it off. Oh, my off. God. Well, a lot of people shave it off, baby. I shave other stuff off. And, and you know, we've got New Year's resolutions. It's a new time. And oh. uh, another resolution, take better physical care of yourself. Yeah. Harry's products have won countless grooming awards, and they'll keep you looking and feeling great. And we know what you say. If you look great, you're going to feel great. That's right. So what do you love most about shaving with Harry's? Well, we'll tell you what we love. We can Rue shaves every day, and you see how smooth Rue's head is. Yeah. Closeness of the shave is everything because what's the point if you're going to shave and you're not getting down to the skin and the stubble still there hello that's the whole point it's a waste of time if it doesn't happen i cannot stand that on my legs no seriously on your arm it's like why do we keep going back and have to do it again that means something's not right well you don't have to worry about that with harry's harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price which is why over three million guys have switched to harry's and by the way ladies too because i'll use it on my legs mm-hmm. it's fantastic jeff and andy two ordinary guys who are fed up with getting charged an arm and a leg for razor blades and let me tell you something. Mm. Rhizoblites cost a lot of money. Did you say rhizoblites? Rhizoblites uh-huh. cost a lot of money when you go to the stores to buy them. Yes, honey. A, a lot of money. I, you know, I usually go to the you know, the, uh, grocery store or even the, the uh, Target. Target or and the CVS. If you notice, the rhizoblites are behind... Though they have a special lock system on yes. them. Because they're so freaking expensive, yes. people steal them. Yeah, yeah. Harry's does not, they do not mess with that. They stripped out the unnecessary features. You don't have to have the vibrating handle, the heated blades, 15 lubricating strips, all that stuff, and the unnecessary cost to deliver customers one perfect razor as an, at an amazing price. Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades. They're going to give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash rue. All you have to do is pay for shipping. So claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. $13 value for free when you sign up 
just cover the shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover so you are set to go. So get your free trial to go right now. Harrys.com slash Rue. That's harrys.com slash R-U. We are back with Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, as some of you might notice that um, we, we had a little bit of a, we had a long break in between the two, our two <laughs> segments. <laughs> Just a wee one. Just a wee one. In between, Michelle got her this Tiffany uh, necklace. It ain't Tiffany, girl, but it's gold. <laughs> oh, it's gold. <laughs> it's gold. It's in a Tiffany box, no? No, it's in a ghetto Tiffany box. <laughs> it's a Giffany. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what does your necklace say? It says Oaky on it because I'm from Oklahoma and Michelle is from New Jersey and we always I, I call her New Jersey and she calls me Oaky and she got me the necklace. Oh, that is lovely. Yeah. And I love it. I'll it's, never take it off. It's spelled out Oaky and it is fabulous. Isn't it cute? She always got a piece of jersey on her neck. Yes, I that makes me happy. Where do you get these, Michelle? I, there's a um, <clears throat> believe it or not, they come from Israel. There's a jewelry designer that um, they're just 14 karat gold little nameplates. Wow. And um, I use them because they do them really quickly. And you don't yeah. have to wait forever. And um, oh, yeah, I just realized this that you gave me this necklace. I did. I'm wearing a necklace yes. that she gave me. That one's Hebrew for unconditional love. Oh, my gosh. And it might be cool. But my love does come with conditions, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know them. <laughs> I, I love wearing the jewelry, but... Uh, I am, you know, when I met you, you were, you were in a relationship. How, with your schedule, how are you able to maintain or even meet people? Well, you know what? I don't do it very well because now I've, it's over. Well, <laughs> so that, that happens and it's mainly schedule. Here, and, talking to the microphone. Oh, I am, there you go. I am not. For the first time in my in your career, life. I've been told. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and. Hello, I should be, I came out of the womb knowing how to do that, so I, uh -huh. I wasn't doing that. Uh -huh. But um, I have decided that at this point in my life, a, the person also really has to be emotionally, emotionally available. And if, if I'm willing to do that and with this crazy schedule and they're willing to do that, then it's a match. That's and a when tall it's not, order, though. It, it you know is. What? I don't know if it's possible. It yeah. is possible, and it is a tall, tall order. But it's, it's uh, fate playing a little piece in this right place right time will happen but but also really? you got yeah. but it depends on what your definition of what that is uh, you know women i grew up with all women have this concept of that person has to be everything like you know you go to the supermarket and there's there's meat in that department and then there's uh fruit and vegetable they even have a card section they sell flowers oh, yeah. here yeah. oh my god you have a starbucks <laughs> and uh, you know in new york you go to separate stores for all of those oh, sure. you know different shops i think relation i think people cannot be all of those things at one time you know what for I mean? one person for one person i think you're right i know i haven't been that for people yeah. i've tried to be but you're right, and that's really good for me to hear today mm -hmm. because, you know, he couldn't be, you know, everything, and I couldn't be everything. And also, the time was so limited that you have to build yeah. time. You have mm -hmm. to have time. How long were you guys together? About six months. Uh huh. But what I'm doing, and I'm kind of, I don't want to sound proud of myself, but I'm getting better at, I used to stay too long at the fair. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And now oh, I'm yeah. getting better at not doing that. Right. Good. You know, I, I've always thought about the concept of if you marry someone that every seven years you have to re-up the contract. And if you don't, it's no hard feelings. 
Um, you know, yeah. what yes. about, I'm sure that's never worked before. It's easier said than done easier because said. every seven years you get deeper in and deeper in. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's never easy to just go, okay, well, this isn't working, so bye. Especially when there's children involved right. and all yeah. sorts of other things start happening. Right. Yeah. So on paper, that's a great idea. But these are human emotions that can't handle that. Well, in that regard, mm-hmm. then relationships never end then. They, the form of a relationship will change, right. but it doesn't it doesn't end. That's true. And you know what? I have to tell you too, I don't know how y'all feel, but the older I get, the little bit more mature I am with, I can be friends with that person. I loved him. So why wouldn't I, unless unless he's a real jerk. Right. right. Like in high school, you'd want to hate that person, never right. rip up the pictures, exactly. never talk to him again. And right. your unless friends can't talk to him either. Right. Yeah. Unless you're di- dating like Ike Turner or something. <laughs> right. And you then, bye bye. Yeah, bye. Bye, girl, bye. Yeah, uh-huh. So, um, I'm going to run across the freeway <laughs> and get in a trip to a hotel across the Near a hospital. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, please. Oh, please. Anybody got, if I, I, poor guy, if they ever tried to hit me, I come in low and I come in hard. So right? it would be easy. But I don't know. I know about me that I am, I am not looking. I grew up in a Southern Baptist conservative town and I was thinking, thinking my whole life I had to get married, have 2.5 right. kids, yeah. white picket mints. The past few years, it's been a priority to find that partner. I don't need marriage to be mm-hmm. uh, happy. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But I would like that person that has my back no matter what. Aww. And that I have theirs no matter. That's one thing I would like. Right. So I'll continue my search. And yeah. you will find him. Yeah. You will. Thank you. What changed, though? What What made you What made you able to not uh, seek out that, that thing that you were taught? What changed? First of all, you know, your past, people say don't bring your past into your relationships, but your past is informative to you about what you want and what you don't want. So that part of it's past. Part of it is uh, about six years ago, I had a bad injury and that changed my life mm-hmm. and um, made me look at life differently and go, wow, life is short. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's long. And, you know, maybe we have one life that we remember unless we're, you know, Sheridan mm-hmm. McLean and mm-hmm. we have many lives mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever people believe. Mm-hmm. But in this life, I would like to enjoy it. And I'd like to enjoy the fruits of my labor with somebody who enjoys it too, and mm-hmm. I can enjoy theirs. So it's been five years of me trying to, and it's been kind of slow. I haven't been dating a lot. So, I, you know, learning, taking your past with you, not not baggage, but just remembering what caused things in the past and then learning from it and then seeking it out. And I, I'm, I'm sure I'll date. It's hard to find the time to date when you're on the road. Well, That's yeah, the yeah because the, the, the man that I met you with, was he in the business? Did you meet him uh, through some business association yeah we were friend we were friends first um they cut through friends and he's a writer and he's incredible gifted a music writer uh, just a you know just a regular Scri- writer. Yeah. yeah script writer and he is so talented and i love him to death like i got not one bad thing to say mm-hmm. it's just is it timing i don't know maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's you know there might be a place where in the future there's some things going on in his life that he needs to Mm-hmm. work out and maybe in the future but for now I have to right move forward. so you, I know you're on, how many days a year are you on the road well you know I gotta tell you Rue I was not ever really a touring girl I was usually doing a we're dropping an album and doing a TV show yeah which isn't the best way to support an album right. you and I both know that but this t- tour I was my first was my second ever tour and I did would you say probably 130 
What? 40 nights. We, on, on, was it on a bus? On a plane. On a plane. Which I won't do again. You won't do it again. It kills I your voice. kills my voice yeah. and I have an inner ear problem and it was flaring up all the time. Huh. And I one time I had like in 40 days or something, I had like 31 flights. Just oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, bus is definitely the way to go. Yes, I just was an idiot and didn't think that way. <laughs> That's why the country music people do it. Yeah. Right. Hello. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. Because it gives you time to recover. To I mean, get we to the do it, place. Kristen. We do it with the queens. I didn't know that. I thought y'all all flew. No, we take a bus. So when y'all came into New York, that show I saw, were y'all on your bus? Bus. And where had you come in from? We when came into New York, and then New York we drove to Boston. And it wasn't until we went to San Francisco or L.A. that we flew. Mm-hmm. But all in Europe, all bus. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I'm doing it next time. It's the best way. Well, and then you just, like you, you sleep, said, recovery. Voice right. is fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now um, I read in the trades that you are doing a musical version of one of my favorite movies. A movie that I will watch um, <laughs> at least at least twice a year, sometimes three <laughs> or four times a year. We were watching it when we were filming. That's right, yeah. we certainly were. We're talking about um, Death Becomes Her. You're t- turning it into a musical. Yes, I am. Now, uh, have you done a, a version of a, a, a movie that was a musical before? Never. No, because how do theater people think of those things? Because they're thought of, you know, you have your ju- jukebox musicals, mm-hmm. and then you have the uh, musicals that are turned in from a movie. To, mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. what is the the consensus of theater people with those shows? Is that like slumming it? There is a feeling of when it first came out. There is a feeling when they first started doing it. I can remember when Legally Blonde came, mm-hmm. and we were all eye rolling. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it was a me- mediocre hit. I mean, it it toured some, and it did a year or so on Broadway, mm-hmm. and that's pretty dang dang good. Yeah. Um, I remember recalling though that it's very tricky to do a famous beloved beloved quotable. Yeah. When I was I was going to do Young Frankenstein, and I ended up getting a TV show instead, and. You know, it was very hard for me to not do that with Mel Brooks because mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite oh, movies of all time. So yeah. good. So, well, you know. Yeah. Oh, the genius yeah. Madeline Kahn, right? Oh, oh. yeah. The genius Madeline Kahn. Yeah. So, <clears throat> to say no to that, but I, I had a fear that there were so many l- lines like, Penny for your thoughts. Yes. And, um, yes. He was my boyfriend. Yes. That people are waiting. They're waiting. Yeah. yeah. Now, for, I know, right? And even in Death Becomes Her, now a warning, yes. you know. But, I promise you now, as I sit here, I am going to make sure that this is its own story. What we'll do is we're going to change it a little bit because mm-hmm. it's a movie version yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, there will be some trickery and magic involved mm-hmm. with um, illusionists and and people, famous people like that that we know, so that you can actually the audience can actually see how these women. D- yeah. D-A-H. Okay. Um, so it'll be something new that Broadway hasn't seen, but oh. it will be. I think the love story really is r- important, and it's between the, between the two women. The two women. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I've I've done that kind of show before, and it's very touching. And now it's two women of a certain age, and um, it's interesting when all your dreams start, all the things that you've been manifesting. And I, I'm a big 
person believing in manifesting and mm-hmm. thinking on it. There's the Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is David Yazbek, Henry Krieger, and Mark Platt producing. That seems to be coming together rather quickly, mm-hmm. as does Death Becomes Her. Now, Death Becomes Her came to me through NBC Theatricals. It was their idea. Mm-hmm. And I said, how do you do, though? You know, I was nervous. Mm-hmm. And then they told me how they wanted to kind of do it. And um, our, our director, who all of our staff will be named, um, our creative team will be named soon. But they all have been thinking about it for a while. And yeah. I met about it over a year or two ago. Wow. And I kept it quiet because I thought, I don't know if that's going to work. But with the way they lay it out, I think it's going to be. It we, could be if we do it right. Yeah. No, and I, I'm glad you brought up the love story between these two women because that's at its core is what this movie is about. Right. It's, and, you know, having lived with round women for years, there hasn't quite been a piece of material that really got in there deep and, and really dissected what that thing is that that happens between women, you know, um, the, the best of friends and the best of enemies at the exact same time. And I've seen it even in my own family, you know, how, you know, mm-hmm. how do you approach something like that? You know? Well, it has these themes and that I talk about a lot that I think actually Wicked has. Um, Michelle and I yes, talked about it Wicked too. has it, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It has yep. the theme of, of friendship, love, and mainly, which is the hardest one in real life, as we know, is forgiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Michelle and I have this crazy female bond, but we both have had experiences with women where we're just like, what? Because we're supposed yeah. to be women, right? right. Yeah. We're supposed to be together. Sure. But we are a member of the same species. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and I, something tells me men get that too. So, um, of course, we're going to want to play on that. Sure. Because we want that in there. Because in GCB, there, oh. those themes were in there too. <laughs> All over. Oh, yeah. yeah. With Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I loved. Yeah. I loved that show. I, yeah, that show was great. Too. And, you know, I lived in the South for many years. And, you know, uh, that was a constant theme of how certain women would go, How are you doing? Yeah. And you could tell they were doing the sweet thing, but it was laced with you. so yeah. much <laughs> horrible. Just hate. Yes. yes. My yes. mother, one time, I just have to tell y'all well this will so appreciate this we go to church there's two things that she did that made me howl i was a little kid and she we in the car and it was at easter that's easter in oklahoma you dress up and we were in the car and she goes did you see becky wore slacks <laughs> did you see becky wore slacks <laughs> i said no i didn't she goes she had on slacks on oh easter. no so bobby harley heard that and he said we're putting that in the script and another thing my mom did mom i'm sorry i'm telling on you but it's funny and it became a storyline for um, jennifer aspen's character the name of Sh- the role of sharon sharon who b- battled her weight in the show uh-huh um, and Carlene, of course, gave her food that gave that was she made her cow, big, yeah. made her fatter. Yeah, and we're talking about GCB yeah. here. Yes, <laughs> yes, GCB. And my mom, I said, "Oh, Bobby, this is, reminds me of when my mom <laughs> joined a diet at her church called Pray It Off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Way. Yes. Wait, didn't they incorporate that into? Yeah, the- it was called Losing It with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Prayed off, and she struggles with her weight. Now, I, I so after I said, "Well, mom, what are y'all gonna do?" Oh dear Lord, don't let this Dorito taste good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel and the cinnamon roll and yeah. the bun. Um, but she said, oh "She said God. no. We we look at the Bible and the loaven breads and the grains, and we pray. And it's I said, "Okay, I'm thinking roll eye, roll eye." And so a few days later, I don't know, two weeks later, um, I said, well, how did it go? And she said, well, I've gained 15 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bobby Harling heard that story. And he goes, "May I please?" I said, "You, ha- you and oh, oh my god, yes!" Brilliant. But it's true. What I mean, people think like GCB, like, "Oh, could that be real?" Losing it with Jesus yeah. was real. Yes. Oh, oh, it could be real. Goodness. Oh, I'm so yeah. I'm I grew up upset in it. about that show not coming back. Probably more than any other show. Yes. Thank you. I was upset about Smash going away. There's a yeah. lot of shows I was upset about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. GCB is one that I'm really upset. <laughs> it's are all they, are they all available for download? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thirteen of them. Oh, it's all right, so all right. good. We're gonna take a real quick break. We've got Kristen Chenoweth. We're gonna talk some more. <laughs> oh my god. Michelle, girl, I know you love your Bowling Branch sheets, you know? I didn't know I needed them before I got them. Yeah, and now you can't live without them. Now I can't live without them. Well, you deserve to sleep on something that is brilliant and that treats you like the queen that you are, honey. Oh, go on and say it. Go on and say it louder for the people in the back. You a queen. Okay. Everything Bowling Branch makes, from bedding to blankets, is made from 100% pure organic cotton. You guys might not think that's a big deal, but when you're putting your skin on it, your, your hello, the biggest organ in your body is your skin. You're putting your, your body on it, your face on it, whatever it is, you want to know that it's organic and not filled with chemicals. Yeah, absolutely. And they start out super soft and you guys they get softer over time mm. they are so amazing you can buy directly from them so you're essentially paying wholesale prices like luxury sheets can cost up to a grand in the store but bowl and branch sheets are only a couple hundred bucks get you started right now right now our listeners can get fifty dollars i'm not kidding get your phone right now or get your computer right now i don't know what you're using your phone your computer <laughs> your laptop your ipad get you started right now listeners get fifty dollars off our first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com promo code are you bowlandbranch.com today for fifty dollars off your first set of sheets that's bold b-o-l-l and branch.com promo code are you bowlandbranch.com promo code rue we are, we are back with Kristen Chen. We were talking about uh, GCB. You know what that stands for. Good Christian bitches that got switched to good Christian bells, which was so stupid. I agree. It should yeah. not have. It should have been committed to the top. I agree. Yeah. That yeah. was ridiculous so, that they caved. I so agree. Now, uh, we were talking about Death Becomes Her and how uh, the people at NBC Productions came to you to, to develop this musical for Broadway. How often do people come to you with ideas? Because, you know, you are the go-to girl for Broadway. And then you have been for mi- 10 years. Long time. You're Long time. Uh, what do you, how do you deal with all these people who have all these ideas for you? I think there's a lot of good ideas out there. The, the thing I have to pay attention to and understand, and you guys both know this, being a part of show business, things don't just happen, okay? Right. The shows don't just happen. All of the little inter, in, in, interstitials, thank you, oh. that you guys work at, make you work at them. When mm-hmm. I was, you know, working with y'all before, it's I watch, I learn. When you go on the Christmas show, things don't just happen. Right. And you can tell when somebody's trying to get away with something that they didn't have time to do and yeah. somebody that does. Mm-hmm. And I we have it in my business. Yeah. So how are you going to achieve and conquer the idea to make it a reality? Mm-hmm. I have a thousand great ideas, but I have to get the right writer the right composers, mm-hmm. which is one of the things we're doing right now with Death Becomes Her is the right composers, and ch- handle it with the best care that I can. And with Tammy Faye, for example, we've had a couple scripts, and they weren't right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do it unless it's right. Mm-hmm. So what I have to do, and it's a very hard for me because I just want to create, is stay strong on the on my original idea and with, the, with Henry and with David and sure. That's the hardest thing I have to do because I just want to do it now. Yeah. Musical version? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah it, what, it, what it would be like is an intimate evening with Tammy Faye. Oh, my God. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. I it's love like that. Like Tammy Faye's back and doing a one-woman show. Okay, that's it. That's You just pitched the idea. Yeah. Um, Death Becomes Her is a big Broadway musical, and then you have this intimate. Sure. I love that. Oh, my that's, God, I That's love fabulous. That. And so now what if they intersect at the same time? I mean, uh, what, what do you do if both projects come to fruition at the exact same time? Well, uh, right now, you know, it's a race. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get it done first? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, and you guys can, I would love for you to weigh in on your opinion here. Tammy Faye has a way about her, just like Dolly and certain other people I think that we know and love, that just are ageless. They're yeah. classic. They don't age. Right. So I am less concerned about aging out there. Yeah. But I feel like the time for Tammy Faye is right now mm-hmm. because this is a strong woman who lived in a time and was submissive to her husband and but yet wanted to sp- spread the love of the Lord and yet wanted to have a good life and mm-hmm. wanted to be a great example and had an addiction. I think a lot of women could really understand her. I think it's now. So I'm, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see who gets it done. See, that's what, what I have to do mm-hmm. is let – I think Death Becomes Her will be a year or two away because uh, it's going to be – a big deal. Well, listen, you know, the thing is, uh, the thing about the Tammy Faye thing is that it, you could actually do a cast album of it first. You could do it mm-hmm. as an, a Netflix movie uh, first, you know, uh, an evening. You could do it that way and then take it out later because that show is a show that you'll be doing for the rest of your life. I was going to say, and also, Kristen, so, yeah, nobody is. else could play her. That's so, right. Honestly, they can audition for the next year. Yeah. Nobody else was meant to play her apart from you. So it doesn't Thank matter. Thank you. What I, matters is it's right. It's, it, that is that it's yeah. right. And so yeah. that's what that's what I care the most about. And I yeah. do think that even if I did even I did the album and then I opened Death Becomes Her and then I went on the road with... Yeah, uh, yeah with Tammy, yeah, Tammy Faye. Faye. Yeah. And you're right. Tammy Faye is uh, timely now because... And I, I, we said this a little earlier in this very same show... Uh, that she is a, a, really a modern-day ascended master because this is someone who has um, who has un- talk about unconditional love. Right. Uh, oh. She is the embodiment of that, and that, like I said before, she knew she was aware of what was going on, but she felt that it was more important to focus on what the good that was was happening. Rather than focus on the negativity. It was a conscious choice. And that is where the power is. That is where (laughs) she became an ascended master right there. I agree with everything that that you're saying, Ruth. And and that's that's a lesson for each of us out there in the world because we have a choice in every situation. You can take the high road, the low road, or uh, no road. Or no road, you know. So 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 all these people come to you with these ideas. The tour is done. What do you do in your sort of quiet time you know obviously you are working you're still working on things and you know you're developing things but you still have you, do you drive to your own house do you live here in LA I live here in LA and I live in New York but yeah for this next month I get to be here so I'm so happy do you drive around LA I do uh-huh. and I like to walk except when walk when you walk in LA and I, I live in this area yeah um people stop uh, you know, they, there's lots of paparazzi around in this neighborhood. Yes. And so I look, try to look very, um, not like myself, And mm-hmm. but what gives me away is my voice. Yes. And so once they know, I, it's <clears throat> never when I look cute. Uh-huh. It's homeless chic <laughs> when I'm out. <laughs> and it uh, happened to me yesterday. And so, but I like to walk. Yeah. And people, I can remember just walking in my neighborhood away from 
the shopping area. Yeah. And people stop and they're like, are you okay? Do you need help? Because in uh-huh. New York, we walk. Yeah, yes. exactly. Sure. But people here, if you walk, they're like, has your car broke down? Yeah. yeah. Did you hurt your leg? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just walking. <laughs> well, I'm, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I'll see a show in Midtown. I'll walk home from there because we want to digest the show. So we'll walk home from you know, Midtown to the West Village. Walk and talk. Yeah. yeah. You know what? A secret for the paparazzi thing, I'm going to tell you this. What? Is one of those um, disposable surgical masks. <clears throat> oh, I have those for flying. Really? Yeah. yeah. A disposable f- surgical mask. They don't mask. like having pictures with them? Well, no. They won't recognize you. Um, and uh, Okay. Let me just stop right here. Okay. Because I am between... <laughs> Somebody who's 6'4", uh-huh. gay man, who's always wearing the most incredible suits, and I am with a 4'11", uh-huh. little diminutive diva. There is no masquerading no, I, you know, either one of you. I, I went, can get away with it. I went to the Castro Theater to see um, that show, <laughs> Romy and Michelle with Hi. Katia and, and, and uh, uh, Tri- Trixie. Uh, yeah. And I wore a tracksuit, a skull cap, and a surgical mask. And now everyone you wears surgical said- masks. A tracksuit, a skull cap, <laughs> yeah. and a mask. Yep. Okay, that is and, a lot more than just a mask. And this is at the Castro Theater in the center of gay America. You can't get more gay than this You just looked insane. And no one, no one. <laughs> they didn't? Stopped. No one saw me. No. They didn't. Really? They did not see. And I wanted to see the show. And I was with George. And, uh, and they didn't recognize George? No. Oh, it's some... Um, see, that's Polo de Polo de Pop... Polo de Papa. Uh-huh. She recognized him and she said, Oh, let me usher you guys in. Oh. She recognized him. George, yeah. But um yeah. Only the savvy one. Surgical ones. mask. Yeah, got it. Surgical well, mask. I find okay, so Seth, get on that. Get yeah. more surgical <clears throat> masks. And yeah. I and also if I'm quiet. Yes. No, you I won't can't I won't talk. talk. I won't and talk. And you can't talk either. Yeah. No, you can't yeah. our, People, our voices. Yeah. And you can't talk either. Yeah. Your voice is distinctive. It is. My laugh is distinct. I can't laugh. Your voice is distinctive, Mm-mm. Michelle. You think so? Yes. Thank of you, Rue. It is. Thank you. Absolutely. I don't. Yeah. You know, I got to see the Christmas show. In she York. got to see our Christmas Queens show. She came in New York. Oh, right. Yeah. Where was it? At the Gramercy Theater? Where was it? It was at Stage 48. Stage 48. And it was, we had the best time. And this girl right here, I'm just going to say this, and she knows how this is coming. Uh-huh. And I'm going to say it into the microphone. <laughs> I say to her all the time, you need to sing. Yeah. Don't forget She's so sweet. who you are. Yeah, and she me. sang that night at um, uh, was it a whole? In- it was silent, silent night, night, yeah. And it was gorgeous. <clears throat> I mean, it was gorgeous. You could have heard a pin drop here, yeah. and here we are. And she's singing about you know Christ our Savior's birth. For those of us who celebrate Christmas, that was a beautiful moment. Here I am in this drag queen show, and there's just the Lord uh-huh. and beautiful singing and. Men and women just with their cameras up, oh, and it was beautiful. Wow! Beautiful. And, gr- and all the girls did great. They were awesome. And oh I got to look goodness. up and see Kristen there next to Todrick, and it was just really sweet and to Todrick have my friends. Oh. And I cried like a big dork because <laughs> I just am. Good, good. I, we so are not sweet. afraid of emotions here. Mm-hmm. We uh, applaud emotions yes. here. Absolutely. <laughs> so you were in. So you're you're have a little. When I say downtime for people to understand, it means that you're not on stage right now, and you're not in an airport. You're here. You're developing uh, your next project yes. right now. Mm-hmm. So you get to um, you get to watch your favorite shows. Yes. You get to go to your favorite uh, classes at the gym and yes. yoga and all that kind of stuff. Yes. When you when you have that little downtime, do you prefer it in L.A. or in New York? It's changed. I used to prefer it in New York, but in the months of January and February, oh. I prefer LA because, yes. you, as you know, Elsa from Frozen has gotten really pissed. And <laughs> it, it, she's cold. It's cold there. Now, I 
I just tried out Pilates yesterday. Now, this is just... For the I'm, first time? Yes. I have never had time uh-huh. to do... And yesterday, yeah. I went. I love it. I think it'll be good for me. I love to um, bedazzle. Uh-huh. Okay. In fact, I bedazzled this. That's Oklahoma gorgeous. City. Thank you. That is... What does that say on there? Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, my that's beautiful. Team. I do. I do a very intricate work. Yeah. And I love to do that. I love to read. I'm a big reader. Uh-huh. I love to watch my TV shows. Which ones? Uh, no judgment, right? Uh, no okay. judgment. Okay. No judgment. Any, any housewife. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh-huh. Any housewife. Yeah. Because I like to just watch. It makes me feel better about my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the thing I can't take with, I've said this before, the thing I can't take with the housewives is that when they walk into a restaurant, they go, oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> That's, that fake up It's the pilot. southern version of. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Do you I watch the Texas that. one too? It's a little close to home, but yeah, I got yeah. on board. I uh-huh. also like Below Deck. I like flipping out. Oh, so oh, okay. y'all are listening. Oh but my God, you watch Below all Deck on, on <laughs> all Bravo TV. Yes, yeah. but I also like Netflix. I'm like everybody else. Yeah. I'm right currently right now on my um, kick. I love Veep. That's why it was cool. Oh my God, oh, yeah. 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 I'm in. I'm season four. I'm binging it now. Are you talking about which one? I'm. A, I just finished the one. A Veep. Yeah, Veep. Oh. It's so wrong, it's right. Yep. It's the most brilliantly yep. written show I've Thank seen. Thank you. I don't understand, like, I mean, obviously it's a hit. I, there's nothing to understand. It's yes. amazing. Yes. I'm watching Black Mirror right oh, now. Me oh, too. yeah. Which, which, where are you in? You've seen the third I'm episode. Third episode. Final, you know, final oh, you're on oh, San Junipero? You're on San Junipero? The, the San one with Junipero the, the, is... the, the lesbian couple who go back in time in the 80s? No, no. don't tell me. Don't the tell one me. That's the one that won the Emmy. Where she starts. No, no, no. Oh, you mean oh, you mean the the, oh the mother, God. the the one that the the side of the road, they have an accident. That's season four. Season oh, that's four. one of the new ones. That's the Archangel one. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That's and season four. Jodie Foster's yeah, going to be directing right. the new one. Archangel, she directed. Okay. Yeah, it's, I'm. I'm going to see. I saw the first one of this new la, fourth la, la, episode. La, 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 yeah, la, la. yeah. I love it. I'm on I season love two, y'all. It. Love it too. It's so good. I know. It's you think how they think of this. Well, but also it's it the speaks. New Twilight Zone. Well, it speaks so much to uh, mm-hmm. where where we are today. It's reflective of society yeah. and the future. Set in a Twilight Zone manner. Thank you. And now they can put these things in there. Think about it. There's an episode where they put a thing in your temple and they can recall your memory. Yes. It's brilliant. I love it. And you get to have your nails done. Now, now tell me, what's the name of this color again? Nearly Nude. And that's a classic color. Who makes it? it? Is it Revlon? Well, I do gel, so it's shellac. Yeah. Um, Because we've had a Nearly Nude for years. Who makes it? I think every company. SE has a Nearly Nude. Okay. They They have stolen. Oh, because. Because it's just, it's fleshy, it's perfect, it lengthens the hands. It is, that's the color I wore when I had acrylics the last yep. time I had it. But Nude now it goes with everything. But now I don't wear acrylics anymore. They stick on the fake ones yes. uh, that are so good with Roots. the sticky, they the have tape. this tape that is so sticky, they don't come off. No. Yes. yes. It's because true. Because I yes. need those. It's brilliant. Why? Because when I have the acrylics, you know. I can play the piano the, when I need I feel those. claustrophobic when I have acrylics on. I feel like, something's on my hands. <laughs> like you have tree trunk hands. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I can't I do anything without them, so right. I'm right. on the opposite. Well, you've had them since you were 13. Since I was uh, 19. Yeah. New yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Jersey, yeah. yeah. I can't. Do you wear them all the time? I wore them this year on tour because I just thought it looked so much it does better. I them on for a while. For about a year. Yeah. But then, I, actually, I had I got these for Hairspray Live. This right. is what, And mm-hmm. that was Thanksgiving last year. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to, I'm getting ready to start working on my next album, and I need to get 
You get in there. And I, and you I, can play with nails. Yeah, but I have some gigs. Like I have a mini tour with Andrea Bocelli in February, and I'd like to have these nails. Yeah, well, you could, yeah, hmm. That's why the ones with the glue, maybe. Yeah, but the problem with taking them off is that your nails are wrecked in the interim. You, you know? mean uh, acrylics? Like taking the acrylics yes. off, yeah. That's the only problem. And it takes time for you them gotta to heal. heal. So you might, if you got this tour coming up, leave them you might on until the tour, after the tour. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. mid Feb. Yeah. Mid Feb. Yeah. And you know what else I st- I'm going to st- steal from y'all? Huh. Um, you know how, and I mean, I don't know if it was you who invented it. It might have been, but the gloves with the nails. Mm. Oh, I did not invent it. I've done it before. I think but the first person I've ever seen do that was Alaska. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure Queens have been doing it for hundreds of years. No, he's been years. doing it for hundreds of years. Know. Yeah, yeah. I figured you invented it. No, no. I've done it many times, years ago, too. Uh, but, you know, all those tricks of the, you know, all the tricks that we do have, were invented really by the, um, the Hollywood studios from back in the day. Those kids, those people did all of the things you could ever imagine in those big musicals and all that stuff. See, that's it's who I so need to talk to. Well, but you know, it's, it's, some of that's a lost art. Like, you mm-hmm. know, God forbid, when Bob Mackie goes, who on earth could possibly take his place? I've never seen Stresses anything will never close. happen. It will never happen. Never The closest happen. one is a Broadway person. Yes. Um, He's got his own style, but I'm talking not, it's not Bob Mackie, right. but his own style is William Ivy Long. That's yeah. the closest. Yeah. Bob Mackie style. Yes. Yeah. But the problem is, William Ivy Long is just all theater. Bob Mackie did right. the Burnett show and everything, everything. else. Yeah. And it, it, it has a, we're going to close it up, but we, there was a nod to the Busby Berkeley musicals. It was everything. It was Technicolor. It, the proportions were perfect. Oh, that's right. You're in the, um, the uh, Mitzi Gaynor special talking yeah. about that yes. in the Bob Ma- it's a, yeah. which is the, it's a Mitzi Gaynor special but it's really a Bob Mackie special <laughs> well it should be and I just did the Carol Burnett special and he was there and uh-huh. I was like if you gave me anything of you, he goes, just come to my warehouse, pick something oh, out. I'm like, shut up. I said, what did you, what did right. you say? Because he still has all those costumes at, yeah. the, at the place. The Mitzi Gaynor ones, all of those things. And by the way, if you want to look at this thing, it's called Razzle Dazzle. It's the Mitzi, it's a special based on Mitzi Gaynor's television specials. You got to see this. It's a really a retrospective of Bob Mackie's, yeah. the best of Bob Mackie, yeah. God, which is genius. fabulous. Genius. Well, Kristen, you are such a, dear heart and we have nothing but love for you because you are love Thank you. and you know uh, everybody out there who's listening right now put your hands on your listening device or your recorder whatever you're listening on and would just say a prayer for Kristen she works so hard and she does such a great job at entertaining everyone and spreading love we d- and I know you work so hard we're going to send you lots of love energy through the radio through the, through the podcast someday your friends will it. come yes, yes. and yeah. that's right. true help me Lord recognize him that's right well that's the key you know, a lot of times they show up but most people can't recognize them that's right. because they have, they're fixated on a certain picture he's going to look like this you know it doesn't always come in the form that look at Beauty think. and the Beast that's <laughs> right I'm telling you I've made those same mistakes in my 20s 30s yeah. and yeah. early 40s yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does. So thank, thank you. I you love you. I so feel the much. love, and I love y'all back. Well, Aww. thank you, darling, and Michelle, darling. I will see you next time. You can't get rid of me if you tried. I'm what? like herpes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that beautiful picture that we're going to go out on. Until next time, my dear. Yes, bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get a name, man? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't 
love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Hey, hey, man.